Hello and welcome to the Digital Works Podcast. This series is called Playing at the World's End. Toys, games and outdoor play are an integral part of our childhoods. Our backgrounds and the environment we live in play a big part in how we grow up. These stories are recorded with people from Chelsea and North Kensington, but they cover a much wider range of experiences and memories. The interviews were undertaken by Servite and Colville Primary Schools. We hope you enjoy it. Well, we played lots of games, but mainly because there was I live in a building where there was lots of cousins of things. We used to play things like Skipping, Tin Can Alley, um, It, as we used to call it, um, Had. We used to get an old sheet and tie the, hold the four corners and jump off, and it was like a parachute. I mean, you didn't hurt yourself, but, well, you did sometimes, but, and you imagined you was a parachute jumper. Well, one of our favourite games was Cowboys and Indians. How do you keep? Well, some people tended to be cowboys, some tended to be Indians, and the game was to try to use makeshift bows and arrows and toy guns to shoot as many Indians as you could before they shot an arrow into you. Be in the dens, and you'd imagine an army is coming towards you, and you'd have to fight them off. And you'd have your six guns, your cap, your cap pistols that you had as a child, bang, 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 and you'd be winning your wars against the Indians coming towards you, or the armies coming towards you. You know, we used to fire bangers out of out of um, old guns. You know, put the banger in the gun and point it, and it would at somebody. In the summer, it was cricket. We'd use an old uh, orange box or a, 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 a box that used to carry the beer in. That was the wicket. We'd have an old piece of wood. We didn't have cricket bats. We couldn't afford that. And we used tennis balls. In those days, the lamppost used to have a bar coming out where the fellow who, was, who had to come around and light the lamps, because they were gas, used to put his ladder up against. And we used to use that, and we used to tie a rope on that and an old tyre and have make a swing round the lamppost and we used to do that. But sometimes your friends would swing you really hard so that you couldn't stop you and you'd end up bashing into the lamppost, you know. We used to play hide and seek because where I live where there, there were lots of basements, yeah, and um, sometimes we used to go and hide down in the basements. We would play um, a game where it was like a small miniature cricket wicket and you'd have two teams and you'd throw the ball at the wicket to disperse the, the bows and, and the wicket itself and the other team would pick up the tennis ball and you'd have to try to rearrange the, the wicket as it originally was and of course the other team that had the tennis ball they'd throw it as hard as possible at you hoping that it would hit you because if it hit you before you put the wicket up you was out of the game. We had uh, roller skates, but they weren't like the skates you have now. Uh, they, you could make them larger or smaller, but nobody could afford a whole pair. So you would have one each, and then you would scoot along with the other foot. You got kicks when you played football, because again, we didn't have trainers in them days. We had big obnail boots. And so if you can imagine, you know, you've got the football, and you've got about eight or nine 
kids all coming and they want that ball. They didn't worry whether they kicked the ball or you. They just wanted the ball. There's always um, somebody get injured or fall down or bruised, bruised. Yes, we used to have a lot of bruising. And um, the neighbours used to bring out um, a thing called TCP to put over the bruise, the wounds, yeah, and send you off. We would settle any argument with a fight, but it was it was forgotten. The next day, you'd be playing. You might have, you know, a bruised nose or a bit of a rosy cheek where someone hit you, but it was mostly pushing and pulling each other. Because in those days, not many people had bells. They used to have the knocker, yeah, which is most stores have perhaps still got. And we'd tie, we'd tie a piece of cotton onto the knocker and take it round the corner and pull it. And the people would come out to see, and there was no one there. They'd go back and we'd, we'd do it again. <laughs> and then if they, they would catch on after a while. They would... And you would be horrible. You would tie tin cans to the front of their door so when they opened, made a horrendous noise. And one time I fired a potato gun at somebody, um, which I shouldn't have done. I fired it at somebody in the car and then he chased me and my cousin for at least half an hour. He got out of the car and chased us about half an hour. He didn't give up and caught us and gave us a good walloping. When we used to go to the pictures in Portobello Road, we did try to steal an apple or something like that, or go in the gutter where all the old specky fruit and veg was, because we'd take that in the cinema. And we used to, if the film, because it was always breaking down in it, it was an old cinema. When it broke down, when the manager come on to apologise and say they were fixing it, then you'd have like 100 kids or something, all frying specky vegetable and tomatoes and things like that at him. My sister and I were walking Saturday afternoon along Portobello Road and there was a, a shoe shop on the corner of Portobello and Lancaster. Lillian Skinner's, I think it was called, and it was a very hot afternoon and the door was wide open and we'd picked up some old tomatoes that the stall had chucked to the side and we threw those into the door of the shoe shop and ran. What we used to do when we used to come out of school, we'd make sure we missed the school bus to take us home, and then we'd go over on the railway lines, and what we would do, we'd put, I don't know if you've ever seen the little bits of granite between the sleepers, well, when the trains would go past, we'd put one of them on there, and then we'd duck down, because it was like, it was like a, a shell coming off. When the train hit it, it would just come off, and if it hit you, it would have killed you. We were always being told by people at one end, the people who lived at one end, to go and play down your own end. There was one person who was continually doing that and we felt rather upset about that. So I decided to get revenge, I remember that, and the bangers that I was talking about, getting a couple of those and, uh, and taping them to this person's French window at, at night and lighting the touch paper and running away. And of course we were out, out a safe distance and they went off and broke the window. I suppose that was 
rather a wicked thing to do. He deserved it. He definitely deserved it. The biggest incident on our street was when the bomb dropped and 21 people were killed and uh, the thing was for children we were we were out there the next morning and there was all like sweets, cigarettes, things like that all over the place because they'd been bombed and we, we were picking them up, taking cigarettes for our parents and sweets for ourselves. There were so many houses and buildings that had been destroyed during the war that we were playing them and they were like big adventure playgrounds and we'd build barricades up and um, again I'm not saying it was the right thing to do but we'd have one team one end it perhaps from another block of flats and our block of flats where I lived with kids that lived in the street they would take sides and then we'd just have a war like throwing half a brick at each other or a bit of slate or something and it invariably ended when someone was screaming and they'd have head, their blood would be pouring from their head or something like that and they'd, they'd be running home to tell their big brother to come and beat you up and you'd all run away and that would be the end of that game. Um, because after the war nobody had uh, that much money to, um, to rebuild it so they were left for quite a long time. Um, I suppose adults would climb over it and go over it and take away what they, can, they found valuable like scrap metal and so on but that left a lot for us. And there was nobody really to tell us to get off it, or if they did, we'd go straight back again. On old houses, they have laths and plaster. These are long sticks that I on the wall, and they put the plaster on top. And we used to get these out of bombed houses, and we used to use them as swords, and we'd sword fence a lot and play, play things like that. And the game we had was finding shrapnel, and that was from the bombs, the metal that had exploded, you had small parts of the bombs and uh, it was a competition. Who had the best shrapnel? Who had the most? People used to throw the rubbish, especially household things, you know. And uh, before the ragabone man comes and pick it up, I used to go on the bombs and you'd find disused prams. And as a kid, we used to use the wheels of the pram to make go-karts, improvised go-karts. And then when they started to be built on, we were on the building sites and, um, well, get up to all sorts of mischief. But Yes, and when it was finished, when it was built, there was a big bonus in that there were um, new families moved in. I think there were about eight new families and seven of them had children and all of them became my friends. So in exchange for the bomb site, I got a bunch of friends. Do you know what a chaise long is? It's like a long settee that went and it goes up in a jetty. And we used to, we got pram wheels and we fixed it with pram wheels on it. And we used to come down St John's Hill on it. And then things called soapboxes when I was about 10. These were um, wooden carts with wheels on, usually ball bearing wheels, but I was lucky to get some old pram wheels and string to steer it. So you'd be pushed uphill and then pushed 
and then come down the hill. That, that, was, that was quite a rage, we all had those. And in 1953, the coronation happened and there was a big event in this area around Portobello Road. And one of the events was um, a soapbox derby. So all of us that had soapboxes, we, we all had hill races down Portobello Road and down Lancaster Road, which was a bit of a hill, and uh, I think Tavistock Road as well. So that, that was really good fun. If your parents couldn't afford to give you, get you a bike, then you'd get parts from somewhere, or you'd get an old bike and you'd get a wheel from somewhere and you'd put it together and you'd quite enjoy making that better if you could. And then with a bit of pocket money, you'd save up to get perhaps some handlebars that were a, a, a different shape or get some gears for it and uh, then our bikes were everything um, and yes we'd be on our bikes all the time even if we weren't riding around we'd be sitting on them. As we got a bit older like 10 and 11 we used to leave the area and jump on tube trains and explore other areas so it got wider and wider. Holland Park, when I was a small, was private. It was bought by the uh, Inner London Authority in 1954. And during the war, the main Holland house got bombed. So there was no one there in the house. And there was a, a keeper's cottage down one end of the, of the park. But we used to go out there and scrump. We used to do what they call scrumping. I think one of the memorable times I got caught by the keeper. <laughs> that was a memorable time. He punched me, yeah. and um, Danny was sorry he punched me and he let, let me go, yeah. We used to go a lot to um, Kensington Gardens, the Round Pond. Um, that was nice. Uh, used to have a boat that used to sail on there. It's only a tiny pond, really, in the scheme of things, but as a kid it seemed huge. Um, I used to catch fish there, but these fish were only about that time. Sticklebacks to bring them home in a jar. And I think about it now, I wonder why we ever did that. I don't know what we're going to do with them. We used to leave them in a bowl and the following morning they would be dead, so. I mean, one of the other things people used to do is to play along the canal and uh, sometimes swim in the canals. I don't, don't <laughs> it's usually very quite dirty, but yeah. In the winter when it froze, we'd walk across the canal until someone went up to their waist and then we thought, right, it's a little bit too thin, so we'd come back. A lot of swimming in Lancaster Road swimming pool, baths. And again, when about nine and ten, we used to go up to the Serpentine Lido. We called it the Serps in the summer. Used to jump on a 52. Most of my time was spent with my friends out in the garden playing outside. And we were... It was quite possessive of our garden because it was a private garden and kids from other gardens used to try and get into our garden, climb over the, the, the high fences at either end. Um, so we'd like to chase them out of our garden, but some of them were quite, bi quite a bit bigger than us. Well, one way, one way we used to do it was, um, I would think up these mischievous things, we used to get tar from um, when they were repairing the roads, the tar used to come in these big round chunks of tar. Um, we put the sauce on the top and boiled the, the, the tar and then we would get a stick and we'd stick it in the tar and the tar would stick to it and then we'd put it in another 
container of water and then back in the tar until it became a big blob of tar on a stick, like a club. And then from these uh, building sites, we'd, we'd steal nails and we'd stick them so the pointy end was out. So all these nails were sticking out of these clubs look really vicious and we go screaming like banshees chasing these kids over the fence and out. Yeah. <laughs> then we used to have an enormous bonfire in the street. Enormous. And everybody that had anything to get rid of, any rubbish, it would all go on that bonfire. It would be ten, it could be 10, 12 feet high, enormous. They'd light the bonfire in the middle of the street and everybody would get round and uh, you know, let off their fireworks because it, it got, it was so, that they were so big, the fires, and it got so hot, they melted the tarmac underneath. They melted the tarmac on the road. And at the end of every bonfire night, the, um, the, uh, the fire engines used to have to come round at some time and put the fires out. And then the next day, they, at some stage, they'd have to come repair the road. A penny for the guy we would ask for, and uh, then the, the, we would get some money, and of course we'd spend it on fireworks, and that's the way it all fitted together. In those days, it was quite easy to buy fireworks. Even children could buy them. Um, and we could buy things called Roman candles, which used to fire out flames or um, balls and you could hold them and another thing that was really popular were um, was uh, bangers you light them and leave them and they just go bang of course but we did more than that we would hold them and throw them at each other which uh, <laughs> it seems it seems really bad now doesn't it but uh, it was quite normal for us to do things like that People started to own cars, there was more cars around, there was more, a lot more accidents happening, children didn't have anywhere safe to play, so we campaigned to get certain streets uh, designated as play streets, and this happened with Lonsdale Road and McGregor Road, but the two that I can remember. It's a street where there are rose vases on each side, but they used to have the um, I'd say the council used to have it, and it said to play street now still, and it used to be somewhere where you could go, where the street was closed off. Well, Power Square was private, and the only thing on it was a goat, and it was owned privately. And we campaigned to get it opened for the public, for us people to use. We had an organisation called the People's Association, and we used to meet in All Saints Church Hall. But then there was a big march from Portobello Road up there, several hundred people, and when they get there, they started to shake the, um, the fencing. And when they started shaking the fencing, all the fencing fell down. <laughs> so everybody just went into the, into the gardens and claimed and police didn't do anything. They couldn't do anything. Uh, and arising from that, the council agreed to buy it and take it and open it to the public. And that happened also in Colville Square. There's one nearest to Portobello Road. They, that one's open now. Up near where I live now, um, the other end of Portobello Road, um, there's the Venture Centre. The Venture Centre is, is built, built on a site where there was a church and it's got a, a, a play, playground there with, you know, sort of a, 
ropes and, and building stuff and all that sort of you can do it still there. Uh, and that was started just in the early 60s, 1960s. They started to build the West Way uh, and pulled, everybody pulled down a lot of houses and some people from the People's Association uh, started to organise play like, a, like, the, like the Venture Centre. What they'd done is there was lots of materials around but they provided saws and, and, and hammers so they, and nails and things so they could build things. Nowadays, nobody allows their children out because everybody is a bit nervous to allow their children out, it seems. And children are at home on their iPad, as you know. <laughs> I'm happy the way my childhood was anyway. Nice to look back on that and uh, smile and think, yeah, that was good. I regret having done that. I got rid of too many things, <laughs> including this blue bunny, which my real father had given me which I had until I was about 20, and I thought, I'm too grown up for that now, which was, um, I wasn't at all, really. I should have kept that. Thank you for listening to this Digital Works podcast. If you'd like to know more about our work, watch our documentary films, or listen to more podcasts, visit www.digital-works.co.uk.